That's a fugazi. All right. That's a fugazi. How do you know it's a fugazi? You looked at it for two seconds. What is a fake? But, yeah, I know what a fugazi is. It's all a fugazi. You know what a fugazi is? No. Fugazi. It's a uh, fake. Yeah, fugazi, fugazi. It's a wazi. It's a woozy. It's a fairy Coin Fugazi. Coin Fugazi. Coin Fugazi. Coin Fugazi. Coin Fugazi. First of all, I want to launch a preemptive strike against any critics. By, uh, I might accuse this talk of being ad hominem. First place, the ad hominem fallacy is that you attack Instead of attacking the, the doctrine of the person, you attack the person. Uh, and that's fallacious, because it doesn't, it doesn't, that doesn't refute the argument. I've never been in favor of that. I've always been in favor of refuting the doctrine and then going on to attack the person. <laughs> so that's, that's, uh, that's, that's not an at home and I'm fallacy. You are listening to Coin Fugazi's serial, We Have Decided to Liquidate, SBF, FTX, CZ, and a week that shook the world Satoshi created. We're joined this episode by Vin Armani, who's also known as Cyprian Online. He's the author of at least two books currently in print, 2017 Self-Ownership, The Foundation of Property and Morality, and last year's Render Unto Caesar, Prophecy, Profit, and Proof of Work in the Dim Age. They're both available out at vinarmani.com, V-I-N-A-R-M-A-N-I.com, and that's also where you can sign up for his financial newsletter, Countermarkets, which I believe I've read since issue one. Nice. Maybe half a decade ago, if memory serves. But anyway, it's Vin. Over five, over five years, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Vin, say, thanks so much, man, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Uh, we And we've been doing this for a while, man. We and really it's been it's been great as uh, as you've sort of tracked and chronicled the ups and the downs of this whole thing, man. And it's just like it doesn't stop. And here we are again. <laughs> and thus, this conversation. Uh, yeah, so when we, when we as, as we're kind of getting into it, we, I led off the, the podcast, as you heard, with uh, a clip from uh, 20th century uh, Austrian economist, Murray Rothbard, disciple of Mises. He was uh, then giving a lecture um, to uh, some, uh, some conspirators, I guess, about the legacy of John Maynard Keynes. He was just about to, you know, dismantle that um, and talk about him. And he cites Schumpeter's uh, um, quip that uh, Keynes had ultimately, a, a, sorry, John Maynard Keynes, in case listeners aren't familiar, is of course the English economist who is basically Keynesianism is eponymous. Keynes has more or less won the day, I guess you could say. It's It's mm -hmm. kind of no one questions it anymore except for a few cranks like me and some others. And uh, more or less what uh, Rothbard does there is he kind of, he sort of goes after Keynes as, as not a disembodied um, abstraction, but as someone with a background and so on. And he cites Schumpeter's um, quip that uh, Keynes had more or less a, a childless vision and um, that uh, he was, uh, Keynes was often a, a a critic of what's so-called bourgeois morality and individual rights. And it's, it's a very interesting way to, to dissect someone. And I, I think it, it just fits so perfectly here for SBF. So 
I'm just going to stop there and, and let you kind of, I guess, respond. Well, it's, it's right. You know, you can't, you have to, in order to understand the message, you have to understand the messenger. And it's a very, very big lesson that I, you know, I've thought about this a lot. I've thought about this aspect of things a lot because I am somebody who my, I don't know, my professional background as well. It's more about reading the man than reading the cards, you know, like the life that I've lived has been one where I have been really a student of human nature. That's what has appealed to me. And not just on the purely psychological, uh, but but there's a larger spiritual question as well. And and when I say spiritual, I mean like holistic, as opposed to this idea that man is some sort of mechanism. And certainly this idea of that Keynesian economists have of man as a rational actor. I think that 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 that's been that's been kicked to the curb. Uh, behavioral economics is really good for that. But at the same time, I think that the religious traditions, Christianity in particular, uh, has understood this for a long time. That's the, you know, it's the the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other. This idea that like, no, it's not set. There is no rational act that every human being is going to take. It's going to depend on where they're oriented. It's going to depend on are they facing the devil on this shoulder or are they facing the angel on this shoulder? And look, where you're facing, where you're oriented is where you go. I spend a lot of time on this in my book, Render Unto Caesar. And, and so it's important to understand if you're going to understand a message, you need to understand what is the orientation of the individual who's presenting you the message. This is lost, clearly lost. In, in one of my, my private groups for my, uh, for my school, Bitcoin Mystery School, just today, somebody was sharing, they shared a picture. And they said, oh, I'm kind of I've been kind of fixated on this picture. And it's a picture at a, a conference in the Bahamas. I forget which conference, but it's um, it's a moderator of, and it's Sam Bankman Freed in the middle. And it's Giselle Bündchen on the side of him. OK, and Sam Bankman Freed is in a, you know, a T-shirt with the collar worn down, dirty, some dirty shoes, some shorts. Sitting next to Giselle Bündchen. Okay, that would be one thing. You would just be like, wow, this dude's got zero emotional intelligence, zero social skills. Okay, Giselle Bündchen and Tom Brady invested millions into this guy. And that should give you pause. Because you got to be like, well, what does that say about Giselle Bündchen? Giselle Bündchen is a fashion supermodel. Okay, this is somebody for whom... Clothes and the wearing of clothes is her literal profession, and she is the top of the game. She runs around with fashion designers. She runs around in those circles. And for you to sit next to somebody who is at the who who does not meet your understand your your same value hierarchy, and then you're going to trust them with your money. This doesn't make sense, right? This and what it shows is, well, then what is the orientation? The orientation must be toward greed. What my response to that picture was, what this picture tells me is that Giselle Bündchen's greed is pathological. Because her greed is so severe 
that it would let her just ignore the fact that like this dude doesn't know how to dress. I wouldn't let him come to my party around my model friends. <clears throat> Never mind. I'm going to give him millions of dollars. Right. So I think that this is really, really if there's because people are missing the forest for the trees. They keep asking, well, how could we identify the bad actors in the space? How can we? And it's like, dude, would you invite this person to your house? Would you trust them around your kids? No, don't put your money on their exchange. You know, you already know, right? And so it's just like the only reason that you let your better judgment get kicked out is your greed. That's your sickness. So this is the chance. Sam Bankman-Fried has given a great blessing to everybody. He has given all of these people who lost life savings, Sequoia is going to mark down $240 million, 200 and a quarter mm. of a billion dollars. And these people are supposed to be the best judges of what's going to be profitable. Everybody should look and be like, oh, the emperor has no clothes. Or the emperor's in a beat up t-shirt and shorts. <laughs> and somebody had posted a picture of him. Uh, it was a picture of his shoes. And his shoes weren't even like laced correctly through the correct holes, and yeah, like, that weren't was, even uh, tied correctly at the top. That was his Senate uh, testimony. I use I use that as my Twitter avatar when he did it, bro. That's that's enough, right? When people are like, "How could we have known? How could we have known?" It's like, look at his shoes. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need. Why are you second guessing yourself here? Why are you second guessing it? That's what people should ask. Why did I second guess myself when I saw those shoes? Why did I think like, well, maybe it's okay. Greed. That's why. The devil on your shoulder. So maybe we need to deal with that. That's the forest, right? SBF and FTX and BlockFi and Crypto.com. Those are the trees. The forest is the, the, the vast individual corruption of individuals who have so much greed that such players can ever rise to the level that F SBF did. He rose to that level on the back of greed, of everybody's greed. And he did it He did it under the rubric of, of what you're speaking, which is that, that good and evil um, toss and tussle. And he did it right out in the open, at least the massage narrative. So I'm just going to, right now, not question. I'm just going to say, okay, he hit my radar at the same time, I guess he hit everybody else's. Um, with the arb in in Japan and so on, and I, you know, the nebbish guy, the the you know the 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 quant guy, you know, from TradFi, he doesn't need to know anything about blockchains. Uh, you don't need to know anything to trade this stuff, right? I mean, at least theoretically. And he eats cucumbers raw, and he drives a Corolla. He's he's Jesus, right? He's he's this Jesus-like in in the MSN conception, of course. Apologies for the blasphemy. He's. He's this Christ-like messianic, you know, man of the people. And he's going to use, he's going to use the evils of free marketism to bring about world good. And he's going to give to all these things, he's going to give all of his crap away. Boy, this sounds really familiar to me as to why it would hit home with so many people. Well, but you nailed it also, right? Because like, it's the spirit of Antichrist. Like it's Antichrist. Right. Because what that we would say, oh, look at this messianic figure. And it's like, oh, well, we know who that is. They call him a savior. There's not exactly. And the Antichrist will be called a savior. See, these things, the, the ancients, we poo poo them as though 
the ancients were some bunch of dumb yokels. Okay. But what I will tell you is this take somebody from 2000 years ago, give them nothing but the clothes on their back, put them on some land, and they'll survive. But take the average person out of a city, out of New York, with the clothes on their back, put them on some land with nobody else around, and they will die. So what does that say? That mm. says that those people were way more in tune with their lived reality than we are. We're living in a fantasy world. They were living in reality, and they had figured stuff out. The truths that they wrote down, it's not like, here's the other thing. It's not like those were brand new. That's what people misunderstand. It's not like the truth, any of the truths that are written down, these religious truths, it's not like those are new. Those were ancient by the time they were written down. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been accepted by the people who read them once they were written down. They were accepted as true because they're ancient. We've figured all of these things out. Right? If we want to know, if we want to predict what's going to happen in crypto, Read the first page of the Bitcoin white paper. As a matter of fact, you don't have to read further than the first sentence. The first sentence of the Bitcoin white paper is a purely peer-to-peer -peer version of electronic cash would allow online payments to be sent directly from one party to another without going through a financial institution. Later on on that same page, Satoshi Nakamoto, in describing the problem that Bitcoin solves, says, what is needed is an electronic payment system based on cryptographic proof instead of trust. If we take only those two sentences, we see two things. One, Satoshi is saying, I'm presenting to you a system where financial institutions are not needed or where you don't need what's so, OK. So that must mean there's a problem with financial institutions. And then he says, well, what is needed is a system based on cryptographic proof instead of trust. Why? Because when you go through the financial institutions, you have to have trust. Well, why would you need another system that didn't need financial institutions if the financial institutions were trustworthy? If they were trustworthy, why would tr trusting financial institutions mm -hmm. be a problem? So by getting into crypto, the presupposition, if you, and that includes Ethereum, because Vitalik began as a Bitcoin developer, and Ethereum, he's trying to, if you read the Ethereum white paper, he's trying to improve on the capabilities of Bitcoin. Right. He uses a blockchain. So, the presupposition with Bitcoin is, financial institutions are untrustworthy. And the thing that keeps playing out over and over and over again, and nobody learns, is exactly what Satoshi said. Financial institutions are not trustworthy because if they were, Bitcoin would have no value. Bitcoin has value because financial institutions are not trustworthy. But yet somebody comes along and says, I'm going to make a financial institution and you can trust me. And people go, oh, oh, well, I don't really trust you. And then the person goes, aha, but here's 10% on your money. Oh, and, and you're 20% on your money. <laughs> and you're not funding a fat cat. You're funding a, a, a dude who drives a, a compact car. Who's just, who's just doing it for the kids. Who's just helping everybody out. 
Uh, he's just which is a, which is even worse. Yeah. Right. Which is even worse because it's like, well, then this guy, like, oh, he he drives a Corolla. Right. And it's like, well, a Corolla is not even like a good, like it's not even like a comfortable car. You know what I mean? Or like he yeah. eats raw cucumbers and it's like, well, that's not even a good diet. But look <laughs> at the guy. <laughs> like and this is kind of the point, right? That it's like, yeah, he doesn't need to drive a Lamborghini. But it's like, you know, if you have a billion dollars, it's like, yeah, maybe maybe you're driving. Maybe you're driving a Tesla. Maybe you're you know what I mean? It's like you're driving something where. You're not even driving. You're being driven around. Exactly. Exactly. This is kind of my point, right? That it's like, oh, he's like me. Well, then why are you giving him your money? Right. The reason to give somebody your money to invest in them is because they're not like you. It's because they're better than you. In every way. And that better is their orientation, that you should be able to learn from them. If you are a fashion model, you better not be investing millions of dollars in somebody who doesn't know how to dress. That's stupid. It's hmm. stupid. Did, did he hit your radar before all this? Did you did you oh, have much yeah. to think or say about him before this? Like, did he, did I, he mean I much to you? I didn't. Well, look, I don't really engage with exchanges. I said a lot about the whole yield farming thing. I've said a lot about DeFi being bullshit. Like, I mean, there's a there's a video people can go and see from like 2019. It's me and Krista Rose. And it's called um, DeFi Snake Oil Salesman and Investor Ignorance, a conversation with Krista Rose. People can go and look at it on YouTube. I think it's like February of 2019. And it's when the word DeFi had just come around. Hmm. And it's basically us sitting there and talking about this phenomenon of investor ignorance, which we are literally seeing right now. Like people can go and look at that. And it's just like, oh, here's this. The whole idea is, oh, here's this word DeFi. We know where this is going to go. And it's like we we just assumed because we knew it was going to this place. <laughs> like we but when we heard the word, we knew it was going to this place. And so it's a, it's a discussion. It's a wonderful discussion for people to listen to because it's this idea that like there's an entire class of people who what they're doing is they're doing these weird things in a search for investor ignorance, which is basically the emperor's new clothes. I'm going to walk around with no clothes on and see who's dumb enough, who's a dumb enough mark to say that I have clothes, because if they'll say that I have clothes, I've got them. Like, if they'll allow me on the stage at the conference wearing something I shouldn't be allowed to wear at the conference, I've got them. If they'll allow me to speak in front of Congress and I can't tie my own shoes. And not only did they allow him to speak, that was when he really came onto my radar. Mm. And, I, and I showed people that, first off, I didn't understand why this man was there. Because I was like, I don't really, I've never really heard of this guy. I didn't know of all the connections either. Go ahead. I was like, why is he here? And then the way that the Congress people were like lauding him. 
Like they were antagonistic to the rest, but they were like lauding him. And he was giggling through it. Like at one time they said, well, I really like what you're doing. And he goes, <laughs> he was like this giddy child. And I'm like, what is, what is going on here? Who is this person? Right. Something's I, I, I figured some, somebody messed up somehow. Like, is this somebody's kid? Like, what is it? And it turns out it is <laughs> right. So there was just no, for, for me, I, I wasn't following him in terms of how deep things would go because I like to me, there was no thought that like anybody would ever would see this guy and ever give him their money. I'm with you. I'm with you hundred percent. You get what I'm saying there. It wasn't like, Oh yeah, this guy's going to have a billion dollar company. I was like, what this exchange must be nothing because this dude's a goober. When, when he, when he got on the, the, under 30 29 billion dollars or whatever I, that's when i heard about him or whatever and i just like i think what this comes down to is that you and i are so off of that demographic we're so out of that that milieu that we would never be attracted to that dude not, not just you know aesthetically speaking as you you've talked about but just the general idea like you know 29 billion i mean where 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 does that come like how, how who's getting 29 billion dollars in a bear you know they this none of this makes any sense but i didn't really think about it at all i just like you i just kind of avoided it and just kind of shoved off um yeah i i i'm i i feel you on that but look look edward look somebody who can't properly lace their shoes okay <laughs> like we don't it's it, it it isn't that like oh you're just judging it based on aesthetics it's like well yeah like if you can't lace your shoes something's wrong if you are the founder of supposedly this billion dollars so, there's something wrong here there's there's some incongruence there and it, it's uh you know, I'm not sure if they were Aldeans or not, but uh, <laughs> I was looking at those. I was, just, you know, it, it, the whole cut that that again, the Navish guy, the that that autist, the the um, that stoic guy who has trouble, you know, kind of following your face. Um, that guy. I, how many times have we seen that guy? I mean, he's just sort of been tossed out here, and he's. He's he's the avatar. He's the um, I'm trying to think of the Jungian uh, uh, word that he uses. Um, uh, what's what's the I just drew a complete blank, but um, he's the avatar. He's the he's the archetype. That's what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. He's the archetype of the smart guy. Right. The, the smart guy isn't a Vin Armani who's. Who can, who can handle well, all those is, different this things? This is right? not you're, true. You're, you're definitely this not is, this smart. This is not right? true. You can't be smart. If I looked at you, you have abs, right? Right. You have your shit well, together, right? Well, the smart guy is the guy with the afro. That's the. See, what it really is is that people have never really spent time around smart people, right? Of all different kinds. So you can have the kind of like technical savant. I've spent time around those types of people, mm -hmm. but I will tell you something about those people. Um, people very much like Sam Bankman Freed. Uh, basically, they can't take care of themselves. Most of them still live with their parents into their 40s or 50s. Mm -hmm. 
even if I, I there's there's one uh, in particular who I met in my 20s who maybe it was a great reason that I met him. But um, so in, brilliant guy. I won't say his name because I don't want to like dox him since I'm no, going to no. say some unflattering things about him. But dozens of patents, um, ARPA contracts. Uh, what what? But this guy was like, um, you talk with him, he could like, he could barely speak properly. He couldn't dress himself. He dressed like Sam Bankman-Fried, black guy. He basically lived with his mother in the projects in the jungles Oscar in Wilde. L.A. Right? Yeah, just <laughs> like this. And he, but, but when uh, he couldn't drive, he couldn't get a license, right? So we all had to drive him around. And one day he was like, hey, can you come get me? And we'll go to the UCLA plasma lab. And I said, oh, come on. This is when I first met him. And I was looking at this guy like, oh, come on. UCLA plasma lab. Goes to the plasma lab at UCLA, right? There's classified government stuff in there. Rings the bell and goes, it's Dominic. And the door just opens. And he walks in and he's showing me, this is a weather machine. This is this. This is this. And then the head of the plasma lab comes running down the thing. Oh, Dominic, Dominic. Oh, so good to see you. And he's like, oh, why are you here? And he says, I just wanted to run some things by you. Takes him into the conference room. We're sitting there and he's like, I want to talk to you about buckyballs. I want to make a fiber octave something. And this guy's looking like, oh, oh, oh. oh." And my mind was blown. Right. Because I was like, you know, no slight here, but like this guy's retarded. Like this is a retarded person, right? And he, and like, this and that's the end of this serious. podcast. <laughs> Keep going. I'm sorry. saying this in a clinical way, right? Word, in a cli- right? In a clinical, in a, he's he's R. He's a he's R. He's an R. Okay. In a clinical way, and so I think that. But the thing is, don't trust this person with your money. He was always broke. He always needed money. He always was asked, oh, hey, could you could I borrow twenty dollars? Could I spare? You know what I mean? He would get money and he would spend it. And it's like. There is not an excuse or there is not an exception to this rule. There's not an exception. You know, yes, there's a difference of the entrepreneur, the, you know, just starting out entrepreneur who like goes to a conference and yeah, he's not in an Armani suit yet because his company's not, you know, successful. You know, he got, he got whatever, he's got his dress shirt. He's trying his best with this. Man's never seen a pocket square. Right, exactly. But he's trying, right? He's trying. And that's the key that at least he knows he's supposed to try. And that's somebody who you figure is going to learn and given more money and more. They'll keep trying. Brian. But Armstrong. this guy, Brian, Brian Armstrong, prime. Exa- Dude, Jeff. Have Bezos. you seen him lately? Have you seen him lately? Oh, he's probably G'd up, right? Oh, he oh probably he's got the collared shirt on. That's what I'm saying. He's got the he's got the blazer. I have told. I can't tell you. I don't want to say countless, but numeral numerous CEOs who've come to me. We've talked and whatever. I said, I'm, I'm not giving my money. To a kid in a hoodie that says fire and lit unironically. I'm not yep. doing that. Yep. Bro, put on a collared shirt, get some yep. product in that hair. Let's get moving. Double, you know, act like Brahmin and you'll get the money. Now think about this. Okay. Giselle Bunchin, Tom Brady, Sequoia, SoftBank, 
they gave their money to a guy in worse than that. Knowingly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we'll do it again. And we'll and this and this is. And so it's it's to me, this is all very easy. Right. This is all very easy. I don't know why people are making this more complicated than it is. It's like, you know. Don't let your greed. Don't let your greed get in the way of your pockets. Seriously. Read the first page of the white paper. If you want to be in this space, financial institutions are not trustworthy. If we would spend less time building financial institutions and more time building things oriented toward what Satoshi gave us, we don't have to have these problems. Until we're not willing to deal with ourselves and our own greed, as long as we're not willing to deal with ourselves and our own demons of our own greed and to do something positive, this is going to keep happening over and over and over again. And each time that it happens, the regulators are going to get more and more in your business. Every single time. So you're just squeezing your own head in the vice. Your own greed is squeezing your own head in the vice and you're you're taking something away from your children that they could have. And that something is financial sovereignty and freedom. Your greed is going to, it's, it's the, it's the, it's the trap, man. Like it's the cheese in the, in the mouse trap. You're just, you're, you keep going for the cheese and you keep getting your head snapped. There's no, I mean, that's just how it works. Satoshi gave a vision. Every time you deviate from that, this is going to happen. Every single time. Because if that wasn't the case, Bitcoin wouldn't have value. You got to pick. It's one or the other. Right? But it's permissionless, which means it's permissionless and there's no gatekeepers for the scoundrels as well. Got to remember that. Can't think of a better way to start off this serial then with Vin Armani laying it down, giving us a little bit of spirituality, a little philosophy, a little reality, all in a tailored suit with a tasteful <laughs> touch of cologne. Not too much, not too little. Not going to smell like a French whore, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, Vin Armani, how do people find you, follow you, keep up with what you're doing these days? Uh, probably the easiest way is Twitter. I'm on there nonstop. So it's at Cipriano, C-Y-P-R-I-A-N-O-U-S. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything that you want to see from me or follow uh, what I'm doing, just follow me on Twitter. You'll get it there. Bitcoin Mystery School. When's that coming up again? Bitcoin Mystery School. That's at BitcoinMysterySchool.com. It may be, maybe be. I took a break for about it the last time for another class. Four months. Yeah, it might be time for another class. We'll see. That community's grown really big now. And uh, it's in the hundreds of people. We've got our own private groups. I kind of like it the size that it is, but I may put out some feelers uh, around the first of the year and see if because uh, I've got a bunch of new followers on Twitter. So I, I may see if there's people who are interested and we, you know, I think it'll be about that about that time uh, for people to, to find out what this is really all about. I, I certainly will say that, you know, there's been a lot of thanks from the people in Bitcoin Mystery School uh, because. You know, they've said thanks through this whole thing because none of them got got taken. You know, they all were like, oh, I'm very thankful that I understood what this whole thing was. And I knew from the jump that all this all this other stuff was just BS. 
right? And they, the only thing they were surprised about is that it happened so fast, right? They figured that, it, you know, when I was telling them, well, it's going to, it'll fall apart because it's, it's missing the mark. It's oriented wrong. You know, they were like, I didn't know it was going to happen so fast. I thought it was yeah. going to be a slow burn, but uh, I was there too. And good yeah. Lord. Yeah. Well, awesome. Um, can't thank you enough. Thanks so much for coming on. Really Absolutely, appreciate it. Man. My pleasure. Anytime.